Welcome to Gleaming the Tube, the podcast where Kevin and Mike watch a film in which somebody rides a skateboard at some point. Finally, a podcast where people talk about movies. Hello, Michael. Hello, Kevin. This time on Gleaming the Tube, we've got a double feature, a rare double feature episode where we Watched two movies that are somehow connected. Exciting stuff, Kevin. We watched 1987's The Search for Animal Chin, which is a skate video that was put out by the Powell Peralta Company, starring the Bones Brigade. And we also watched the documentary about the Bones Brigade, Bones Brigade Autobiography. Both of these movies um, were directed by Powell Peralta co-founder Stacy Peralta, who kind of has transitioned out of you know, marketing skateboards into he's more of like a full-time filmmaker these days, it seems like. Sure. And we we know Stacy from uh his portrayal in the movie Lords of Dogtown and the documentary Dogtown and Z Boys as a younger man. Yes, and Dogtown and Z Boys was a movie he also directed. It was a documentary he also directed. Oh, that's right. Yeah. What is interesting because Dogtown and Z Boys was a documentary he directed about himself and you know the zephyr crew that was about like him coming up as a skateboarder and bones brigade autobiography is also him directing a documentary about something you know a he was involved in very heavily and b he's an interview subject in the the documentary he directed again um but he's not like the luke skywalker in this one he's the yoda yeah yeah absolutely he um it's it was it's interesting to see, you know, skateboarding tends to have these sort of generational things almost from its inception where the, the, the young, there was a time where there wasn't professional skateboarders, but there were like young enthusiasts who then sort of transitioned to being involved to kind of a more on the business side. And Stacy Peralta is sort of like the, the ultimate version of that where he you know he the way that he managed the bones brigade team after you know later on when he transitioned into the sort of the team manager position was you could tell it was very 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 much a reaction to the way he sort of saw things fall apart for the z boys and in a lot of ways he got it incredibly right and in some ways he got it really wrong before we get too deep into this um just for listeners who might not know like what is the bones brigade so the bones brigade were there was this there was like the initial um wellspring of activity for skateboarding in the 70s where stacy peralta was uh one of the original sort of pros and then he transitioned from being a professional skateboarder to starting a company called powell peralta with george powell and he decided, you know, and it, it very much was a reaction to the way the Z-Boys sort of fell apart once they got a little bit of money and fame. He decided he was going to sort of put together sort of almost like Mach 2 of the Z-Boys called the, the Bones Brigade, which would be uh, an assembly, assemblage of sort of young and up-and-coming professional skateboarders uh, who who's who's marketing he, the, the, he marketed them briskly for their skill on a skateboard but also for their 
personalities. They all had different sort of, there was sort of a more of a jockish one and more of a, of a wallflower and, you know, more of a technical skater. And he built the brand, the Bones Brigade into right up until about the late eighties, they were sort of the first and last word in, you know, the ideal of a professional skateboarder. It was this very professionally presented uh, team with a look and a, and and branding and all of that that he, you know, he 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 was a father figure to them and and uh, kind of he he sort of tried to help them transition into almost more of a professional life afterwards and to varying degrees even that was successful. Yeah, honestly, like watching especially the documentary. I was, I, I kept thinking about like Maury Starr assembling new edition yes. and the new kids on the block and thinking like, is Stacey Peralta the Maury Starr of the, of the Bones Brigade? Because right, the Bones Brigade sort of function, especially in Animal Chin, like I kept thinking of boy bands. Yeah, like, yeah. They, they could have been a boy band. He, it's, and it's, it's, it's interesting because he, you know, he, he makes it a point to say it, that he didn't want established names he wanted young up and comers and he was really it it he really was the first person the thing that he got right with the bones brigade and i you know it's 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 interesting watching the documentary and animal chin there's so so many things that he clearly got wrong but the thing that he got right is he understood that the easiest thing to market in skateboarding is almost like the personalities that emerge in between the skateboarding you've got these you know they're these kids who you know traditionally they have a pretty independent streak in them and if you just put them in front of a camera their personalities are going to sort of shine through and the way that he developed the team in a, in a marketing sense was really brilliant because the skateboarding element sort of sells itself kids want to buy a skateboard so, but if you're marketing these personalities, you know, Lance Mountain is you know, clearly emerged as sort of this goofball. If it, it, and I, I had forgotten, as a matter of fact, that the advertising for the Bones Brigade was absolutely far and away separate from the rest of skateboarding marketing, where they tried to market like a surfer, cool guy lifestyle or a super aggressive, tough guy lifestyle. And Stacy Peralta figured out that really, what kids kind of wanted was like they wanted to see themselves in the magazine. So if you put a goofy, a goofy kid making a funny face, you know, and I, it, it, I admit it completely worked. Like, you know, my, my sort of like coming, coming of age within skateboarding was almost sort of at the, at the, at the pinnacle of the Bones Brigade. The first thing you heard of was the Bones Brigade and Mike McGill doing the McTwist and Tony Hawk with the skate, you know, the skater haircut. And I immediately wanted all of that stuff. You know, it wasn't the skulls and crossbones or the surfer vibe. It was like the, like the, this could be me kind of a vibe that he, that he nailed pretty, pretty elegantly. I I don't want to like for this show, generally we don't do skateboard videos. I feel like, like we do movies that feature skateboarding, but I feel like Animal Chin was one of the few times I wanted to do a skateboard video, A, because a lot of people consider it like one of the best and most influential ones ever done. Uh, B, because it's one of the few skate videos that has 
like an overarching plot where, you know, the Bones Brigade are playing themselves, but they're on this, this mystical quest. Um, and C, like, even at the time, me as a young kid who wasn't particularly immersed in skateboarding, but who knew people who were, like, I knew about this skate video. And I could not name, I could not name another skate video when we started this show but i knew about that one right and it, and i think it's and that that's a testament to the that stacy peralta did was he you know it's funny there's a certain point where they in animal chin they make a comment about thrashing the movie and i think it was stacy's sort of idea like you know hollywood has come calling on a few occasions and you know, to varying degrees of success have, have depicted skateboarding. Why don't, you know, we do it from inside the industry and do it ourselves. And it's kind of too bad because, you know, he, he kind of invented the market of the promotional video. I've talked about this a few times where one of the difficult things about skateboarding and why I think vertical skateboarding and park skateboarding was sort of pushed to the forefront in the early days is that you could make the crowd come to you. You put a ramp in front of people and they can watch these guys do these feats of aerial, you know, uh, trickery or whatever. And you, it's, it's harder to market the street skating element because that sort of just happens out in the world. But if you bring a ramp or you, if you build a concrete bowl, the crowd will come to you. And I think, you know, the, <laughs> I think the part that he got wrong was that people wanted a plot. The skateboarding is the best part of all of it. The skateboarding is the best part of thrashing. The skateboarding is the best part of skateboard, the movie, and the skateboarding is the best part of animal chin. And those earlier videos that he made future primitive one and two, like they feature all kinds of raw, awesome skateboarding action and are not, mired down by this terrible dialogue and, and a terrible <laughs> I think what he got wrong was people wanted the personality stuff and they wanted the goofing around in the skits but they didn't care about the plot which is what I think Jackass and CKY and Big Brother Magazine like gut right as opposed to Search for Animal Chin which I think is like I think it has a charm it's obviously very amateurish i kept thinking of maud lebowski saying like well the plot is ludicrous <laughs> the plot is well and that, and i think that's the thing that the thing that a lot of other companies took away from skateboarding and almost every skate video you know a- after animal chin was exactly that the, the, the skateboarding videos are built entirely on the action of skateboarding and these weird personalities and weird moments that emerge because you just are constantly rolling film on these kids. And the thing with the thing with Stacy is I, you know, he, his, I think his biggest shortcoming is that he would recognize a funny moment, but then almost like crush it by asking them to re you you actually hear it and that like it's like oh no say it again it's like no no you you capture the moment because it's a legitimate moment and then you move on if the minute you you can see it all over their faces and the in in animal chin the way they're going to react to that is to pull a goofy face or you know like be super self-conscious about it 
And the fact of the matter is if you just trust the camera to roll and capture everything, there's a, there's a newer filmmaker, a skate video maker uh, by the name of Beagle who makes skate videos for one of my favorite companies, Baker Skateboards. And he is absolutely the reigning master of just keep filming. Because essentially, like I said a few minutes ago, if you've got a bunch of people, a bunch of kids out in the city streets, hanging around and goofing around and and skating, you're going to encounter all these insane personalities and strange moments and funny little things that people say off the cuff. And if you just roll film, you're going to capture it. I will say this. With digital it is so much easier to do that. Right. That's true. He was filming to tape, which is, which is a, is a different animal, but a lot of these guys are filming even to this day, they're filming with VX cameras. So it's just, to me, like I said, I think the thing that Stacy got right is he let the personalities move to the forefront. The thing he got wrong was trying to like engineer it. Yeah. I don't know if he was like Burt Reynolds and boogie nights being like, (laughs) like, you know, I'm bringing this to the next level, the storytelling's, Great, but people are still just watching it for one thing, a skateboard video. Right, and it's that that's actually kind of a perfect, you're not watching a porno movie for the plot. You're not watching a skate video for the plot. You're watching it for that sweet skate action. It was, you know, it's an interesting time capsule. Uh, the Bones Brigade are not strong actors in this, but they they do have personality that shines through. I think there are kind of scenes like when they're all just sitting around eating Polynesian food where their personalities kind of come through. I think the more conceptual the gags get, the less it works. Like, you know, when Lance Mountain's head comes off while he's <laughs> trying to do a trick, like the, the more kind of outlandish it gets, I feel like that's where the ambition exceeds the ability. Right. Right. And, and it's also funny because you want, like, you know, in the documentary, they, they talk about Lance, kind of like sort of like emerging as the 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 you know the the kind of the star not because he was the guy who did the craziest most innovative or scariest tricks but because he was the guy who was sort of like the most you know I always wonder if if his he he talks a lot about how he knew he was never the talented one and I always wonder if that's sort of a retroactive realization that he came to or if it was something he was very aware of at the time but they just put the camera in front of him and he was great and you know it's and and that was another thing that I think that Stacy was was really really talented with was that he he wanted to showcase skateboarding and a lot of times the people that he was showcasing in his company's own videos didn't even ride for his company some of the guys in those scenes, like at, at the, the the punk rock show where Johnny Rad plays. I was going to bring that up, man. That is like something out of a David Lynch movie. It's, it's fantastic. But a lot of the people in that scene are not Powell Peralta writers. And that's kind of cool that he's just like, there's there's a later video. There's the, So the videos that, that followed Animal Chin, there was one called Ban This. And there was one called Propaganda where he sort of like, he never tried to do a a narrative story film ever again, but there were all these sequences in those, in those videos where one of my other favorite skateboarders, uh, Neil Blender and Lance Mountain would just goof around and put ramps inside their house and, you know, play in a fake band where they wore like funny hats and Stacey, you know, kind of heard about this and just put it on film. And even though Neil Blender 
rode for what was arguably their rival company at the time. He just put it in the video because he thought it was great and funny and he thought people would want to see it. And I can tell you that those sequences left a huge impression on me because these were like young skateboarders living in some little bungalow house, just like living the skate life and dicking around, which is like a, a much bigger part of skateboarding than a lot of people I think give credit is that the, the skateboarding lives and breathes in those dicking around talking shit moments and that's what people want to see and Stacy knew that and put it all in there and I thought that was really cool yeah and I will mention that like in the portion of the Bones Brigade documentary about Animal Chin Stacy Peralta seems hugely kind of embarrassed by it. and it's sort of like I don't know why people like it people come up to me and say like it's the greatest skateboard video ever made and I just and I a part of me gets that but part of me also I get why it was popular it was it was something different that stood out at the time um like I I remember kids in like my junior high talking about like oh and they push the button in the car and the car goes really fast um which is you know a a thing that happens in it, but I get why it's, I get why it's popular, but I also get why he is embarrassed by it, but I I don't think he should be. I think, you know, he tried something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it didn't work out at that point the way it did, but he's gone on to make very well-regarded like documentary films. Um, So I, I think it's cool. I don't, you know, I don't think Animal Chin is something I would recommend to someone who's not interested in skateboarding. I think, you know, it's a historical curio. And I think if you're interested in skateboarding history, it's absolutely like got these seminal figures in like the sport, like doing really interesting stuff. Well, that's the thing is that the skateboarding, and I think the reason that it was so popular is just flat out because of how available he made it. I think it was like, it wasn't hard to market that at the time. It was a a promotional skate video that was long and had a plot that you could like. I mean, I think, because at the time, those videos were really only available at skate shops. And I think that if you were going to bug your mom or your dad to buy you a skate video and there was this this skate video that had like a full plot and was like an hour and 20 minutes long that was an easy sell and the fact of the matter is the skating that it, that occurs in that video in fact all the Powell videos were at, was absolutely top of the line at the time and so i i agree i don't think he should be embarrassed about it i think it's like he, you know he was inventing the genre as it was happening and just like you know a lot of that kind of stuff yeah like there's going to be some stuff that doesn't hold up quite as well but i'm still glad it exists i mean i you know i i think in a lot of ways i i almost love it as a companion piece to thrashing which was like a hollywood motion picture that isn't much better than that in fact the skating is isn't even near as good as that you know like you know, but but it's funny because the other the other thing that I always take away from that era and from the Bones Brigade, from the documentary and Animal Chin as a as a film, is that to me the funniest thing is is that for all of the money and all of the time and effort they threw into that giant fucking crazy ramp they built, the best skate sequences are the stuff happening on the streets. The, all that footage of them with Tommy Guerrero skating around in, in San Francisco 
and it, you know the footage of Rodney Mullen doing the flat ground stuff is every kid in this country related to that stuff way more than the vertical skating because it's right in front of you. You don't need a location or a ramp or a backyard to go skateboarding. You can just go down the street to the parking blocks in front of the Cumberland farms and be a skateboarder. And every time it's why that's why that footage in police Academy is so revered and so, you know, made, it's so precious to skateboarding because it's all of a sudden you can, I could be that guy. And that's the, the you know, the stuff I, I took away from that way more. I mean, the vertical stuff is amazing, but that fucking ramp, like what, that's not something you have access to as, as a skater. You have access. You have to go on a mythical quest to get access to that ramp. Yeah, you, you exactly. And it's funny, like the, 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 the real animal chin is the driveway that's like right in front of you that doesn't require a huge ramp or anything. Now, here is a question that I was kind of curious about when I was watching this, um, because I knew you you came of age as a skateboarder, like during kind of uh, the animal chin period. Did you have a favorite member of the Bones Brigade then? And do you have one now? And is it the same one or is it different? So the, it's sort of a two-part answer. The, the main answer is it will always be Lance Mountain. I, I liked Lance Mountain. I liked his goofball tendencies. I liked, you know, Lance was a, a, a really talented vert skater, but also all that, the, the, the sequences of him skating street and just sort of goofing around were the thing that I related to absolutely the most. In more of a historical way, I would say that the person that I gravitate to towards mostly now is Rodney Mullen. And it's only because it, when you watch the stuff that he was doing on flat ground with those little tiny freestyle boards, he is absolutely, he's like the scientist. You know, when you watch those interviews with him and the bones read, he's clearly a, a, a pretty complicated guy. And, but the, the, the building blocks that he was building on that freestyle board in the early, in the mid eighties, the, the real story of the Bones Brigade to me actually starts after that documentary ends. What Rodney Mullen went on to do in skateboarding after that era is the absolute building blocks of everything that skateboarding is from there until now. He has his hands on all of it from the shapes of the boards to the tricks being done, all of it. So like I said, but you know, I, I always have a soft spot in my heart for Lance Mountain because he was the most relatable guy. But Rodney Mullen is absolutely like he's the he's the Einstein of skateboarding. He changed everything. I did come away from the Bones Brigade documentary thinking like that Rodney Mullen is so far the only like person who has shown up in like a skateboard documentary we, we've watched who I would consider a genius. Yeah, yeah, he's. It's it's true. A lot a lot of those guys are geniuses in their own ways. I think a lot of them are super talented. Just the fact that Rodney Mullen was able to look at the skateboard and look at the ground and come up with what he came up with, I was like, this guy's brain is working on a different level. He's he's uh, he's on a completely other level and still is. Like he's now he's. <laughs> I wish I, he at this point in time in 2021, Rodney Mullen is is. He's almost himself the animal chin. Like that guy has has done so much in skateboarding 
that it's like it's literally a mile between him and anyone who could even be considered a contemporary of his you know he invented the whole the whole basis of skateboarding once vert died was street skateboarding and in in those early videos you're watching him invent that in real time and you're right like he was given access to they talk about it in the documentary his father relented and gave him access to this you know small pad of concrete with a little roof over it i mean he clearly grew up in a pretty wealthy situation and his father you know gave him flat ground and a skateboard to work with and he absolutely completely and utterly changed the entire program with what he was doing he does that uh it might be interesting he he does uh a couple of ted talks about skateboarding and about like failing over and over and over again until you get it right and you know getting back up and it's he's very compelling he's a really really interesting character i wanted also to ask about the documentary and i can give you my answer like this documentary versus Dogtown and Z-Boys and like where you think they fit. Um, I don't want to talk too much about Tony Hawk because I feel like we talked a lot about Tony Hawk in our episode about the Simpsons. So I don't want to co- like cover that ground again. So what are your thoughts on this documentary versus Dogtown and Z-Boys? Well, I, I think, you know, I think, you know, the, the way that Stacy managed those guys and managed their careers was you know, absolutely affected by what he saw happen to the, to the Z-Boys guys, you know, like, you know, they talked to Tony Alva a little bit, who was an original Z-Boy. And I think that, you know, Stacy really did sort of try to protect them and try to, you know, he, he wanted, you know, the, the genius of Stacy Peralta is that he, he knew that skateboarding needed a, just a little bit of fuck you. It, you know, it is a rebellious act, but within within the confines of that, he he kind of you know he made like a safe space for them to 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 just skate and to do what they needed to do, and he didn't turn his back on them when the bottom fell out and that era where where the parks all closed and they were doing like backyard vert uh, stuff. And I, so I thought that the documentary, you know, it, it showed in in pretty good light you know, what, what Stacy's intentions were for those guys and kind of what he wanted for them. Um, but it's, it's interesting because in doing that, he sort of like commodified and codified a lot of the stuff in skateboarding that, you know, he, he mass marketed it in a way that it made it a lot less, um, it made it, it made it, it had a lot more moving parts so that when the bottom eventually sort of did fall out and everybody grew up and grew out of it, I don't think that he was able to like, to like hang on to it, you know, once everybody aged out. The, the interesting thing, I'm not sure I'm answering your question. I'm sorry. The thing that I think that that's a real, I don't know if we should tackle it as another episode or if it's a companion piece to this is a documentary about the guy who kind of like pulled the rug out from Powell Peralta and the Bones Brigade, a gentleman named Steve Rocco, who in the 90s, uh, he's the guy behind Jackass and Big Brother and also a skateboard company called World Industries, who took kind of 
was a lot more indebted to Stacy's model of team building than I, I than I think I even really realized, but added a layer of of um, sort of shitheadedness and irony <laughs> underneath it all that uh, that was you know was really really well marketed in the nineties and. Yeah, that might that stuff that might have played better in the nineties, right? Though. Exactly, and the, and so the, and the thing is, is that they touch on it for a second in the documentary towards the end when Stacy's saying what I wanted for my guys was for them to go and start their own smaller companies under the Powell umbrella. That's absolutely. It's funny that they don't like what, what that was was an absolutely a reaction to what Steve Rocco did, which was to realize that you all you need to start a skate company is a name of a company and a cool logo and some kids. Say you're a really desperate Hollywood talent agent. <laughs> it's 1978. And, and you owe some money to your bookie. Well, what do you do? Well, yeah. in, in, in a lot of ways. What's low, what's low barrier to entry? <laughs> Skateboard team. But the thing is, is that in, in a lot of ways, like a, a record company, you don't, make the record yourself. There's a manufacturing plant that's making the records. All you need is like a logo and some willing bands. And it's the same with making a skate company. You just come up with a logo and an aesthetic and some kids. And that's, that's exactly what Steve Rocco did. He basically made all these smaller, um, smaller companies with a few riders that each had a different aesthetic of their own. And, and as a reaction to that, some of those guys did go on to start their own companies. Tony Hawk started Birdhouse, Lance Mountain started the firm. But it's, a, you know, that was a total reaction to Rocco. So to not address that at all was seemed a little bit of a, of a, an oversight as far as I was concerned about the way that they handled the documentary. I thought that watching them both, that I would probably want to hang out with the Bones Brigade more but I would rather watch a documentary about the Z-Boys. The, the Bones Brigade story, they all seem pretty well-adjusted. They all seem like nice people. I mean, there's, a, there's very little conflict in terms of like, you get a sense that like at the beginning, Mike Wheel and Lance Mountain didn't particularly like each other maybe. Um, whereas right. with the Z-Boys documentary, like the personality seemed bigger. I think it's more interesting because they were kind of inventing like what I mean, I know like skateboarding changed from vertical from vertical and everything, but it seemed like they were inventing like what people think of when they think of skateboarding out of nothing. And it seemed like those personalities were bigger and they went in such wildly disparate directions, like between Jay Adams and Tony Al- Alva and Stacey Peralta. Like that to me was like the more interesting story, which is why I guess they turned that into the Lords of Dogtown feature film. You know, because it was that to me, like that was the ground zero point and like the Bones Brigade built on that. And it, they all seem like interesting cats. Like I didn't regret watching the documentary. Um, but if I were, if someone were to come to me and say, I want to watch a documentary about skateboarding, I would absolutely like lead them towards um, Dogtown and Z-Boys. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think you're, you're, you're dead right. They, those, the Z-Boys they were the absolute underdogs. They were, they were inventing it as they went along. That footage of them showing up at that first contest and just, just destroying it by doing, you know, what they, it's, it's, it's funny. It all, it, it works in this weird secular way where the, you know, the original 
beginnings of street skateboarding were trying to emulate what was going on in in the in the water on the waves with surfing and then they you know they so they brought all of these things that they were doing on the streets and at schoolyards to emulate the the waves you know with embankments and all that stuff and then once it went into pools and the element of vertical was introduced that you know i mean it was that was like just this wide open era of discovery I mean, can you imagine seeing an empty swimming pool and thinking, wow, I'll just ride my skateboard in that? Like, just to to make that connection is huge. Somebody had to do that for the first time. And it was those guys, and they have footage of them doing it. Whereas the Bones Brigade are the natural, you know, sort of heirs to that, like that next era. I mean, it's, it's, it's Stacey Peralta. He was there at the beginning and sort of like became that next generation of, of guys who are trying to like, move it in a forward direction. It's just funny to me that the, the the vertical element, which is to me, you know, in a lot of ways, it's like the most exciting, but least interesting part of skateboarding was so, so the focus of skateboarding for that, that 10 year span. Yeah. And I feel like, uh, like the bones of grades foils, like it gets mentioned briefly, but it's, you know, we, we covered the gated, the gator documentary early in the show. And I feel like that's one of the big sort of like, tragic rise and falls and i think the other would be christian Nasoy, who also has a documentary about him and you know they they make a lot of hay in the documentary about the bones brigade kind of about this the tony hawk christian record it's funny because if you watch the tony the 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 christian Nasoy documentary it's basically just a rehashing of the the rivalry between him and tony hawk it's like almost a completely unnecessary documentary um you know i it's i thought the bones brigade documentary was really interesting and super watchable but i think that was because i was aware of it and witnessed it in real time i think you're right i think in terms of the more interesting story it's it's definitely the z boys but i but i will make the contention that to me i feel like there should be a part two to the bones brigade documentary because i i like I said, after that initial wave of the Bones Brigade broke up, you know, two videos later, they did ban this, they did, they did propaganda. What happened in the industry and what happened to those guys uh, individually is the really the most compelling thing. Like, like Gator is, you mentioned Gator earlier. He's like a perfect example of somebody who just blew it on every you know, like on every level, but a lot of the, like the, the Bones Brigade guys all went on in this, the industry did a, a complete 180 and, and by all, and by, you know, by all measures, it should have left them, com- you know, completely hamstrung and it didn't, they adapted and went on to do super important stuff in skateboarding. Like Tony Hawk is the one who brought, you know, those big skate jams to, to, to amphitheaters and, and helped with the, you know, help popularize the, the gravity games and the X games and Lance mountain started a super well-respected small company that, you know, for, for the nineties was like, it's, I, you know, it's funny. I, I also keep forgetting about Tommy Guerrero, who was one of the first professional and marketed street skateboarders who went on to, to, to found deluxe distribution and real skateboards, which 
is to, to today one of the last names in you know in in well well respected companies like Tommy Guerrero is like a hugely he's like up there with Tony Alva and Tony Hawk and and all those guys so they all were able to to transition to the next phase of skateboarding really handily to be honest with you um and that's the story I think was be totally worth telling talk a little about Steve Caballero because we haven't really touched on him at all Steve Caballero uh, is one of the first, I, I want to say one of, because I'm not 100% certain, but I'm, if I'm not mistaken, he's one, one of the first skateboarders to have a professional sneaker with his name on it, the, the, the cab or the half cab. from he's, he's, The interesting thing about Steve Caballero is that when it all splintered, he stuck with Powell, even after Stacy stopped being involved. He knew that at, that at a certain point, he was he was sort of like on the, he on the tail end of his well it's funny you think he was on the tail end of his career but he's still a professional skateboarder today but he instead of going out and starting a small brand stuck with Powell he had i you know he's always been in punk rock bands he was in a band called the faction i love the faction they're great you know let's go get cokes um but he also has you know he had a, a signature shoe on vans and uh Interestingly, when the sort of big pants, tiny wheels, street skating era of the 90s happened, he very, very handily kept up with that for a while. If you go on YouTube and you look up Steve Caballero, like, you know, from the 90s, he was able to, he was skate doing tricks on handrails and, and doing tricks, you know, down large stair sets and gaps. He, he sort of hung on to his street career until he became what you would call like a legacy pro, which is a, kind of a newer phenomenon in skateboarding. These guys who were like well-respected enough to continue having a, their name on a skateboard and still, you know, I think he's in his mid fifties and still skates to this day. And it's, it's something really impressive to see, especially when you see those, those early photos. I mean, he's like a kid, he's like 10 and he, he, you know, hung in there during the vert era and then was able to transition in a way that, you know, that certainly not a lot of people were able to do. So in summation, I would say, uh, bones brigade and autobiography, uh, you know, it's very watchable, very well made. I love the music in it. That little Where Are They Now montage to the buzzcocks at the end. I was like, oh, this is a good song choice. I wouldn't say it's essential and people should run out and watch it. But if you're interested in the subject matter, and I guess maybe if you're listening to this show, you would be. Um, I would say check it out. I mean, I called it up on YouTube, right? It's on YouTube right now. I think Animal Chin is like an interesting historical curio. It's got some good skateboarding scenes. It's got some goofy scenes that almost feel like cutscenes from video games. It is kind of uh, unfortunately, like looking at it through the lens of 2021, it's a little unfortunately racist, I think, in yes, some ways, yeah. which... There's some stuff um, there, yeah. You know, I, I, I don't think it was ill-intentioned, but I also think you, like, there's, you watch a little bit of it now and you're like, ooh, this was not the best. Right. This was not the best way to go with this, guys. But um, I think the documentary acts as a really nice companion piece to the to the Z Boys. You know, it's like the next wave of where you know what happened after that. But I I still contend they they absolutely should make a, a part two because the younger guys that came up there's there's 
there's a couple of things that you can watch as a companion. There's a short documentary called LA Boys about the 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 younger group of street skateboarders that Stacy kind of discovered uh af, you know after Animal Chin. And that's available on YouTube. And I also think you should if if you're interested in the rest of the story, you should also watch The Man Who Sold the World, uh, the story of Steve Rocco, which is also available on YouTube, because that is a another fascinating story that continues the narrative about uh, Ronnie Mullen, which is, he's the most compelling, I think he's probably the most compelling figure in all of skateboarding. And uh, in some other business I wanted to get to before we wrap this show up, I did want to say that like, there, uh, you and I are doing like uh, another podcast on top of this one. We've got second podcast. We're full up on podcasts, so I think it's <laughs> the the plan is to kind of alternate. We do an episode of Gleaming the Tube, and then we do an episode of Let's Get Chatty about David and Maddie, a podcast about the classic '80s detective comedy romance television show Moonlighting with our friend Liam Gray. I think uh, it would be interesting to see what kind of crossover our audience from this podcast has to the other podcast. It's uh, Kevin and Mike completists are heading over to moonlightingpodcast.com uh, and, and checking that out. I think um, there's, there will be, I think by the time this goes out, there will be merch, which is a whole thing. Like this show doesn't have merch. You don't have merch. Um, no, it's because it's Liam's involved in the other one. And Liam, Liam does all that. Um, but I, I, you know, I think it's a, you know, if you like hearing us gas on about uh, subjects that are of marginal interest to a niche audience, go <laughs> check, go check that out as well. Thank you for listening. Our website is gleamingthetube.net. We're on Facebook at Gleaming the Tube, and our email is gleamingpod at gmail.com. Production assistance by Liam Gray. Music by Kissing Contest. Skateboarding is not a crime. Skateboarding is not a crime.